right. Welcome to the Catalyst Sport Podcast with uh, Catalyst Sport co-founders Jason Kapnick, myself, and we have Joe Boffy as well. Uh, how, how's it going today, Joe? Doing well. Doing well. We're here today. We're going to talk to you uh, about exercise intensity, um, what people are missing, uh, what people are, are doing wrong, and um, hopefully give some guidance on how people can kind of better manage their exercise intensity. Uh, both, both with respect to strength training as well as uh, cardio and, and you know in the gray area in between too where it's it's some strength and some cardio hit workouts and things like that um, we'll talk about all those today on the catalyst sport podcast uh, so Joe what do you think the biggest mistakes that people make are when it comes to managing exercise intensity first I think they need to kind of categorize themselves right are you an athlete that can nap four times a day or are you a lawyer and you work really hard and you're sitting on you're on the phone and then you go home to your family i think those two different populations need two different things yeah absolutely uh let's talk about the the general population first i think that's probably what we see a little bit more of uh, at catalyst although we do see both um, so you're, you know, a lawyer, an executive, uh, you know, you, you work an office job and you're trying to get more fit. How should that person be thinking about intense exercise in their routine? Uh, it should always be, I think, scaled to their ability, um, their current state. Like, did you sleep really well the last two nights? Like, cool. If you did go a little harder, if you didn't. Uh, scale it back a little bit um but as far as you mentioned like hit or like metcon style training i mean that's gonna probably take a back seat to other types of movements like just traditional strength and mobility work yeah absolutely i think that i think that it's a growing trend in in kind of american fitness right now you know there's been there's been some studies about HIT that it, you know, it burns a lot of calories. And I think when we look at it in a vacuum, like, yeah, it does burn a lot of calories, you know, both within the, um, the workout itself, as well as, you know, uh, the post-exercise oxygen consumption, meaning that for the next, you know, 12 to, you know, 24, maybe even 36 hours, your body's going to consume, um, you know, more oxygen following a, a, a HIIT workout, you know, an Orange Theory, CrossFit, Metcon, something like that. Um, and I think people latch onto that and they're like, oh, well, this is great. This is a way to burn calories and burn fat. And, and when used intelligently, it can be a really good tool in the arsenal. But I think that the problem that people are running into is that it's not just about calorie burn. It's also about, you know, the health of your body as an organism. So I think... Um, you know, we're living in a, a society where typically for, you know, especially again, we're talking about people that, that aren't professional athletes, that have jobs, that have families, that have other commitments, that, uh, you know, have a lot of other stressors in their life. And they go and they do these super high intense workouts, they're bathing their muscles in lactic acid, which, uh, you know, I think has negative implications for your ability to create power um, and to, you know, be athletic in the long run. I think that there's definitely something to be said for, you know, if this is all you're doing, if you're working out at that high intensity for 45, 60 minutes at a time where you're just going crazy, you're basically teaching your your body that, hey, every time I have to produce output, I, I need to temper that output 
um, because I'm going to have to extend it for a long period of time. And I think that can have some negative comp- um, implications for sport performance. But um, not to get off track, I think the, the kind of main takeaway that I want to kind of uh, imprint them on people for, for high-intensity training, uh, interval training, for, for orange theory and things like that is that it, it's a tremendous stressor on, um, on your autonomic nervous system. Um, so uh, l- let's talk autonomic nervous system for, for, for a quick second here. Um, you know, the autonomic nervous system, uh, you know, typically we think of as, as the parasympathetic um, response and the sympathetic response. So sympathetic uh, is the fight or flight response, um, and, and the parasympathetic is the rest or digest. And, and they kind of, you know, operate in, in balance to one another. Obviously, the ability for, for a human organism to, to have a fight or flight mode is an important survival mechanism and, and, and critical. Um but at the same time, what, what we see um, is that people are just too sympathetic, that they're, uh, they're in fight or flight mode because of the stress of work that, you know, if you're sitting there and you're on a, on a really heated phone call with, um, you know, your, your boss, with a counterparty, whatever it is, um, your body doesn't really make a whole lot of distinction between that kind of, you know, fight and an actual, you know, physical confrontation from, from a nervous system perspective. And, um, that's got some really negative implications for your recovery. It's a lot of stress on the body. And, um, I think what we consistently see is that people are, are under recovered. Um, so then when people are already in a state where recovery systems are being stressed, um, you know, inflammation's a big part of this health, um, you know, health outcomes as far as, uh, sleep goes, um, digestion, all these things connect to, to parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and I think people just beat themselves up so much on these, these, these orange theories and these crossfits and these high intensity interval training. And, um, I think that people, the, the kind of the, the pattern that I see is that, you know, people feel like they need to lose weight. Um, you know, a really important body composition goal for a lot of people, um, you know, building muscle and losing weight is, and losing fat is, is one of the most important things you can do for, uh, you know, for your health. And so I think people correctly identify that and they start doing some form of, of high intensity training. Um, and in the short term, it, it definitely works, right? Cause it, it, it burns calories. Uh, and, and like we said, has has an advantage on calorie burning over, you know, a lot of other forms of cardio, um, you know, and so they're going to lose some weight in the short term, but I think they're going to feel beat up before long. And that's what I certainly see is that, you know, it gets tough to recover. You feel lethargic. You don't have the same energy and excitement for, for working out. You'd say it's not and, sustainable as a, a, like a holistic lifestyle approach. Yeah, isn't that what you see? That you know, people do it for for a month or two, and then they kind of yeah, it's just not sustainable. They'll burn out, and I think part of it also what'll start to happen is if you're in this fight or flight state all the time um, from your workout and from work, you stop burning those calories. Your body goes into survival mode and says, "Shit, what do I do? I'm just gonna stop burning certain calories the way I want to," and you're not gonna see the type of response you want out of those workouts yeah absolutely and i think you know the body can only be stressed so much and i think when it comes to you know these outcomes that we're talking about that are desirable burning fat and and, and gaining muscle um 
stress is certainly the enemy to, to progress there. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, recovery on our blog and on other podcasts and, uh, you know, the reason we're always talking about it and, you know, <laughs> Joe and I were saying before we got on this podcast here, you know, how, how bored people probably are of hearing about recovery, but, um, it's the missing link for, for the majority of, of, of general population people that we see. Um, it, it is the single biggest limiter on progress uh, for, for, for most of the, the general population. That I mean, that's what recovery, recovery is when the adaptation of your exercising occurs. So if you never recover, your, your body's never going to adapt. It's never going to grow the muscle you want to grow and lose the fat that you want to lose. It's just always going to be heightened and like scared stressed out all the time but i think it's important to, to say like that doesn't mean you shouldn't do hit or metcon or conditioning workouts at all i think it means you can't do them every day and you shouldn't overdo them when you do them and they should be done at the appropriate times and it's like not necessarily when you feel like crap I understand like you just got to go in there and we talk about all the time being consistent and you want to get in the gym and stay motivated and working out and doing that when you feel like crap is important. But I think you also need to not necessarily be pushing yourself to and beyond your limits when you're feeling like that. Um, I don't know how you feel on that. Absolutely. I I think, um, I think it's a really good example of the dose makes the poison, you know, um, if you're doing, you know, four workouts a week and those workouts are, are primarily smart tra- strength training, um, which is promoting, you know, good posture and you're building strength and there's, you know, an appropriate, um, you know, stimulus response adaptation relationship. Um, I think adding in, you know, one to two high intensity, you know, kind of interval Metcon stuff of, of about 10 to 15 minutes, um, I think that's a great way to add some some fat burning to your routine. By contrast, you know, again, the dose makes the poison. By contrast, if you're doing four hours a week, you know, if you're doing four hit classes every single week, um, you're just overloading your body's ability to recover. Um, and, and again, we talked about uh, nervous system response, autonomic nervous system, and you know that cascades all the way down. You know, we hear so much about uh, cortisol and um, adrenaline and adrenal fatigue. Um, these are all the things that, that happen when you tax your body beyond its ability to recover. Uh, so, so yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think, you know, I, I don't want the message that people to get from this is never work out at high intensity. Cause I, I think it's important to be able to, you know, push your body to the limit from time to time. And, you know, there's a mental, um, you know, mental toughness aspect to it too. Um, but I think we just see too many people where it's like, um, you know, it's just too much. Um, and to the detriment of more effective and more valuable forms of training, um, like a more dedicated strength training program. Absolutely. I, I, you said a important part, I think, in my personal philosophy uh, is like a mental toughness part. Um I know sometimes people are like scared to work out and that's totally fine and you don't need to be pushing yourself to limit all the time as we've said Um, but it's always rewarding to see when a person 
was kind of scared to do this workout because they like you know working out is hard and it, you know it's not the most comfortable feeling in the world but then they go and they push themselves through it and they're done with it and you know what they're like wow i did that and it's empowering to themselves and later on they can draw on that feeling and be like all right this this might be hard it seems daunting but you know what that workout i did last night like that was really hard and that was physically like not painful but you know discomforting and right. what i'm about to do is not that not that bad and you can tap into that if you've done it in the past yeah i think it's you know um building habits in the mind and you know one of those habits is is the ability to endure let's say discomfort um i can't think of a better word it's certainly not pain um definitely not telling people to work out in pain but like yeah like you know i think we've all done hard workouts and and it's not comfortable and i think you know sitting down and and doing you know work sometimes is uncomfortable and doing what you need to do at your job or for your family and you know um, there's so much of life that that requires you know delaying gratification um, and I think it's a component of successful people that they're able to you know just do what needs to get done um, you know even if even if it's not the most fun thing in the world and I think exercise is definitely um, you know a, a way and an important way to, to kind of build you know mental fortitude and um, I think as I've gotten, you know, I used to be super intense with, with the weightlifting and the, you know, I think I did a lot of things that from a, from a physiological perspective, I wouldn't recommend and probably wouldn't do again. But from a, from a psychological perspective, I think built a lot of, you know, mental fortitude and, and allowed me for, you know, a lot of success as an athlete. Um, you know, I think as I've gotten older and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 33 now, um, and gotten smarter about my training i think i do less and less of that kind of like you know going to the well kind of stuff but um but if you've never done that um you know it's definitely a valuable experience um and i think that um you know again that doesn't mean that we have to go completely to the limit but hey let's let's push past where you're comfortable a little bit um in a smart way absolutely so what about, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, intensity on kind of the like cardio side, which is where I would categorize like, you know, hit workouts where I would categorize, you know, CrossFit and things like that, that even if there is a, you know, a weightlifting component to it, um, you know, I, I would categorize those as primarily, you know, more kind of cardio just because it's so intense that it's, it's, you know. It's a lighter weight for more reps, and it's exactly. more cardiovascularly demanding. Uh, how should people think about intensity for strength training? Uh, very similarly, um, you can't be doing one RMs every day the way you can't be doing, you know, super anaerobic conditioning every day. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't, you know, push yourself and work within um i lost my train of thought there for a second sorry well, you know I, I think that one of the things that um you know this kind of comes from the world of, of powerlifting um all of the most successful powerlifting programs whether they're you know the russian programs the the 
or a Shaco or whether they're, you know, West Side Barbell, the, you know, the kind of progressive American um, powerlifting programs or really any successful powerlifting program. The average intensity uh, and intensity in this context is defined as a percentage of your one rep max. So um, if I can lift 200 pounds, it's the absolute most I can lift. I can only do it once and I'm, um, you know, lifting 150 pounds, that's defined as, as 75% intensity, right? 150 over 200. Um, all of the most successful powerlifting programs have an average intensity of somewhere between 68 and 72%. Um, and, you know, it's another thing that, that people have probably heard me talk about of, of that sub-maximal output of, of just, you know, if you can take a weight that feels like 80% um, of, of your maximum. And by getting stronger, you can make that feel like 70%, that same weight. Um, so you're basically lifting the same weight with, with less perceived effort. That's the key to getting stronger. It's not taking that 200 pounds and you know lifting it until you can lift 205. It's more taking that 150 pounds and making it feel easier and then being able to do 160 and that's your new 75%. That's how you really make progress in strength training. And, um, you know, uh, we're not huge fans at Catalyst of, of the one rep max. Um, I don't, you know, I've personally never done a one rep max outside of a competition. Um, I've never had a client do it. And, um, I don't, I don't really think I've ever seen one tested at Catalyst either. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a super intense activity. And we've written a blog post about this, actually. People can go back and find that on our blog. But uh, basically, um, just, you know, to go off on our tangent here, close the loop on it, is um, one rep max testing. It's an imprecise science. And um, if you're not going to be perfectly precise anyway, why take the risk and why take the stress? You know, we can use math calculators to, to estimate a one rep max and it's probably going to be good enough for all purposes because like we said the, the testing's imperfect anyway uh, but um, to you know to bring us back on topic with um, you know intensity of strength training I, I think the sweet spot is is kind of that 68 to 72 percent um, for for the life of the program um, you know that definitely you know means there are some days that are you know like you're going to touch 85 90 95 percent even you know for for power lifting um, but for for general population, yeah, that kind of seventy five percent is pro probably where you want to live. Um, you know, doing doing five sets of five, doing three sets of six to eight, doing three sets of five. Um, th that's where people are really going to be able to make a change in, in, in their strength level. Yeah, um, just wave, waving the load and again listening to how you're feeling that day, I think, is important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think strength training in some ways is more forgiving of that kind of like sympathetic cortisol response um, in that there's not that like go, go, go adrenaline, you know, you've got techno music blaring and the lights are off and like, you know, you're, I mean now like the heart rate monitor stuff I think is severely misguided um, that, that if we're just trying to get our heart rate up as much as possible, I, I think we're, completely ignoring how the body works as far as um, autonomic nervous system regulation. Um, 
So as far as strength training goes, though, the point is that it's it's less of like that kind of like adrenaline energy, um, and you're able to kind of be a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more mindful about um, you know each set and rep, and that yeah, sure you'll touch um, you know that kind of high intensity for maybe just a couple of seconds, um, you know, at the end of a set of um, you know deadlifts, whatever but you're not hanging out there for a full hour. And I think the, the implications as far as, um, you know, again, nervous system, parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system. Um, you know, again, the fight or flight versus the rest and digest mode of the body. I think you're, you're more able to favorably manage that relationship. And, and again, and the other thing we've talked about is, is hormonal environment of, of, of cortisol, of these stress hormones, um, you know, of, of, of adrenal fatigue, um, you're better able to manage that in strength training and strength training is a more it, it's a more effective way to affect body composition in the long term i think you know study after study tells us um how critical strength training is to fat loss and um i, I think that that's where people need to start um when it comes to their fitness goals is, not to is mention to health and longevity i mean right it's just like you're healthier you can live longer it's kind of like it's kind of cheesy to say but uh, you know exercise in the strength training world is kind of the fountain of youth it keeps you younger longer um, right if you look at i was actually just looking at a picture of one of my um, jiu-jitsu training partners he's 67 years old he's a black belt he does um, mostly jujitsu, but in the picture is him and some of his longtime friends, and he looks so much healthier than his other couple of friends in the photo. Like just more robust, and um, it just shows how important exercise is as you get older. Yeah, we had uh, one of our members. Um who's, uh, I guess he's probably in his like mid to late 50s, but, um, you know, he was saying he went to his high school reunion and, um, you know, just how much how much better he looked than all his classmates because he's, he's been doing strength training. And I think it's, you know, it's interesting that I, I think the word's still getting out there. I think that, you know, for a lot of people that are listening to this podcast and have followed us, they're, they're probably already, you know, um, understand the value of strength training but you know if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast and and you haven't done strength training and you haven't experienced those benefits um you know i I think it's foundational um you know when it comes to fitness i think it's the strength this is almost cliche in the fitness world but i think people still need to hear it is that like strength is almost the master quality that that when you're strong it, it gives way for conditioning when you're strong it's going to help you with endurance when you're strong it's going to help you whatever your goal is whether it's um you know body composition athletic performance endurance um strength is probably the best place to start you know i think if way too many people for example will start a cardio routine and they're just not strong enough to handle it. Like, like for running is, is really what I mean. That people, okay, I need to lose some weight, um, and I, you know, I'm gonna lace up my shoes and I'm just gonna run for, for three or four days a week. Uh, you know, again, 
tends not to be sustainable for, for a lot of people. Um, you know, uh, according to the National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, 83% of runners um, will, will have an injury uh, each year. So it's definitely a, a relatively higher risk activity. Um, and, and I think fundamentally, just a lot of people just aren't strong enough for it. Um, hey, Jason they, and listeners, I hate to interrupt. I have to actually go and do some coaching and help people get strong. Um, I thank you for listening to the podcast. Jason will you know, continue going and wrap up, but uh, I just wanted to say goodbye, and I have to bow out. Um, all right. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> have a good day, guys. Cool. Uh, yeah, so just to finish that thought, I think you know a lot of people are, um, you know, running is is a lot of impact on the joints um you know every every step and i think that um certainly saying don't not saying to not run um you know i think running can be a great thing um it's enjoyable it's it's, you know can be really good for people um but i just think it needs to be coupled with some strength training um to to kind of make the body able to handle um those loads and to also kind of balance the training of, 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 you know, not burning too much muscle in the process of, of only doing cardio. Um, you know, even if you're not looking to, you know, bulk up or get big, um, holding on to muscle mass, it, it's, it's critical for metabolism. Um, it's critical for long-term health and, um, longevity and function and all these things. And that, um, you know, when we're saying, holding on to muscle in this context we're, we're not talking about it in a bodybuilding context where you know become as gigantic as possible we're talking about holding on to muscle for for health and for um for metabolism and, and for all these other reasons so um yeah so you know to get back to the original topic here was was um exercise intensity strength training is a way that you can work at almost a lower intensity and in that you're not having to you know get so freaking amped up psychologically um you know like people do have to do for for sometimes for these hit workouts and you know crossfits and metcons and things like that um strength training is a way that we can positively impact affect our body without placing that same stress um on recovery um you know it also has the advantage of, of not producing as much lactic acid um which is is a stressor on the body of uh, uh, you know certainly um to have your muscles be exposed to that much lactic acid is, is something that needs to be recovered from and um you know i don't want to get into too much of the energy systems here and and, and biochemistry but um you know uh, lactic acid something we need to be really careful about creating too much of um so yeah, so um, that's it for today's Catalyst Sport podcast. Uh, we talked about exercise intensity. We talked a lot about um, you know how intensity is going to affect recovery of you know that that sympathetic fight or flight mode of the body. We talked about what that um, how that taxes recovery and how too often people are under recovered and continuing to work out and it becomes not sustainable. Um, we talked about um, how to find the right role for, for exercise intensity in your workout and, and when to, you know, kind of go a little bit harder and what an appropriate dose is there. Um, and, and then we talked about the value of strength training as, as kind of, um, you know, a counterpoint to some of these more intense forms of exercise and how strength training could be a, a great way to um, build fitness 
without that same stress on the body. So um, if you guys like this podcast, um, let us know. Um, give it a share. Um, you know, we, we love producing these. These are, you know, frankly, pretty easy for us to, to kind of get on the phone and, 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 and you know, talk about stuff that, that we talk about all day with our clients and talk about all day with each other. Uh, so if you've got ideas for, for future things that you want us to talk about, things you want to hear about, um, let us know, um, whether, uh, you know, on social media, shoot us an email. I'm Jason at catalystsportnyc.com. Joe is Joe, J-O-E at catalystsportnyc.com. Uh, until next time, this has been the Catalyst Sport Podcast. Thanks so much.